Hey guys, welcome back to Small Talk with Sid, the podcast, and I'm your host, Cindy Matone. This week, I'm chatting with TikTok star Fabrizio Volapondo, aka the Moody Foodie. Fabrizio is such a beautiful soul, and the story of how he went from living in a van for three months to becoming a full-time digital creator is an inspiring one to say the least. While struggling with his mental health and looking for a creative outlet, he dove into the world of recipe development and video creation. Today, he has over 800,000 followers on TikTok. It's been featured in Forbes, Food & Wine, The Daily Mail, and others. He's known for his unique take on cooking videos as they have this laid-back approach that will leave you feeling less stressed, relaxed, and of course, hungry. We really get into it all in this episode. The inspiration behind his work, how he got started, his favorite recipes, and more. So if you're anything like me and are a bit intimidated by the kitchen, or maybe just feeling a little bit stuck in life, then this episode is definitely for you. Now sit back, get comfy, and let's meet Fabrizio. Hey guys, I'm here with Fabrizio now, and he goes by a few names. We got the Moody Foodie. Um, some people like to call him the bad boy Martha Stewart. I prefer the John Mayer of the cooking world, but <laughs> hi Fabrizio, how are you? Hi Sid, how are you? It's a pleasure okay. meeting you. Yes, pleasure meeting you. So Thanks. what's going on? It's a Wednesday in the middle of the week. Yes, um, Wednesday in the middle of the week. Uh, right now, I'm sort of just like planning out recipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, pretending to work, I guess. A lot of staring at pictures of food and watching YouTube videos of how to do, uh, you know, different stuff around the kitchen. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad that I can say that I'm doing what I love to do. And uh, it's been a nice uh, kind of a gloomy LA day. Yeah. So, uh, uh, which Good. is, I, I prefer that way. So it's been kind of nice. Love it. Love it. Um, by the way, is what's the name your friends call you? Is it Fabrizio or is it Fab? Like, what do people call you? Um, a lot of my friends, uh, they'll sarcastically call me the moody foodie and whatnot. Uh, right. But most of them call me Fab. Okay. Uh, yeah, most of the friends that I've known for a while, they call me Fab. Okay. That's what I figured it would be. Cool. So we're going to dive into all of it. So first, let's like go all the way back to where you grew up and mm-hmm. go ahead, go into it. Um, so I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so my parents immigrated from Mexico and I was like the first person in my family to be born in the States. So I grew up in a suburb like 15 minutes south of Portland called Sherwood, Oregon. If anyone knows where that is, then shouts out to Sherwood, Oregon. Yep. Um, yeah. And I grew up in uh, there until I graduated high school from there in 2015 and I moved to LA. What was that like growing up in Oregon? Um, it was, it was kind of strange because there, I mean, I grew up in a very predominantly white, uh, suburb. So my school, I was probably like one of five Mexican, mm-hmm. uh, kids and, um, or just Latinos in general, really. And I grew up very, it was kind of difficult because at home it was like Spanish was like the first language and, uh, like very culturally rich, uh, home. And then going to school, you know, I, Felt like I didn't want to get picked on. I wanted to fit in, so I sort of uh, had to assimilate. And it was a, a, a classic case of like two white for the brown, two brown for the white. Right. It was a, a little confusing growing up, but now I'm a lot more uh, proud of my culture and my roots, and I like to explore those now. Do people assume you're Mexican when they meet you? I would assume not. No. So a lot of people assume I'm Italian because of my name first. And, first of all, right. And uh, I just think like you know, I don't. I feel like I have a Italian ish sort of look to me yeah uh yeah so i mean even growing up i was i was like a little shy of saying like i'm mexican um i would just say that was like spanish or italian i don't know uh, yeah yeah well definitely like the long black curly hair i definitely yeah, exactly i would think exactly. italian as well for sure very classic sort of italian look 
Okay. So now you're in LA. Like what was that you went straight when I'm assuming when you were like 18, 19 years old, you went to yeah, LA. 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was the goal of going to LA? I just like need to get out of Oregon. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I was, so I was going to go to art school. Uh, cause I've been like a very artsy guy, like my whole life. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to go to, I basically left a ton of unfinished college applications, got some scholarships to go to art school. So I was set to go to art school in Portland. And then last minute, I just thought, you know what? No, like I need to go. So I sold my car, traded it in for a van. And at 18, um, I drove down to LA and uh, lived in a van for like three months until no I sort of like got my stuff together and uh, I found roommates and um, and still in LA. Oh my God, were, your, were your immigrant parents like dying? Like, what is he doing? Oh, <laughs> terrified. What? Well, I knew they were going to freak out. So my, well, my dad, I don't know. He's, he's like the cool parent. I don't know. He's like, he gets it. He, he was also very artsy and he was, you know, kind of a rolling stone when he was younger. Okay. So when I told him, he's like, he's like, son, go, like, go. Like you have a, like, I got a privilege that not many artists get is, you know, where like my parents are actually like, you can come back if you want to. You're not going to get kicked out. Like if this is your decision, it's your life. Go, uh, if you regret it, come back. We still love you. Yeah, but my mom, I knew was gonna freak out. Um, I grew up very attached to my mother, so I told her. I think it was like two or three days before I left, so yeah. I kept the whole plan a secret. And then I was like, "Oh, by the way, mom, this Wednesday, yeah, I'm gonna be in Los Angeles, and I'm gonna live there indefinitely." So in a van, in a van, yeah, in a van, <laughs> and she was, you know, crying for like three days straight. And uh, but I just knew that that was the way that I had to approach it. Otherwise, she would do her motherly magic and convince me to stay at home. So and you're her, you're an only child, right? Uh, I'm so I'm uh, one of three. So I'm in the okay. middle between so I have an older sister and a younger sister. Okay. But the only boy. Yeah. <clears throat> but the only boy. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. That's such a so, classic. So I'm just her like the little golden child that she loves. It's funny. I'm one of three. I'm one of three as well, but I'm the oldest and I have a younger brother who is out in LA right now pursuing music. Oh, really? And he's just, he did the whole like effort I need to get out of like my small yeah. town. I was like, okay, do you? Maybe I need to hang out. <laughs> yeah. okay. I have like a lot of common. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, okay, cool. So now you're in LA, you're living in a van and what are you doing for work? Um, I, I mean, I was working as like, I was working as a barista at Starbucks in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just like transfer. And I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, well, like I'll just get an apartment. So, pff, I didn't know that rent was going to be like you know, <laughs> two grand at the best. Oh, that's a wake and, up call. <laughs> no, it was horrible. And so when I get to LA, I'm so I basically go to this. There's this 24 hour gym on Hollywood and La Brea, if anyone knows where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just like park there and I'll just ask for permission. So basically, I had to like beg this very sweet, like Eastern European woman to like let me like park my van. I was like, I'm just a kid. Like, I just have this dream. Like, can I please, like, I'll pay you some money. And so she like looked at me and she's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm basically like, consider me your grandmother, like no drugs, no women, no alcohol. Like you, like you sleep in your van. Like you don't cause any trouble. I was like, okay, I, I promise I'll do that. I grew so with risk of like, parents. I know. I know. Exa- yeah. I was like, trust me, I'm very well, well <laughs> prepared, uh, prepared yes. for, for this uh, <laughs> right. sort of like parenting tactic. Right. And, and so then I was like, okay, so I get, she lets me sort of stay there. So now I have like a shower, a bathroom. Um, I guess I could pretend to go to the gym if I chose to. Uh, <laughs> right. And she, so then I'm like, okay, now I'm like, I'll just transfer from start, like to Starbucks in LA. And I called and like, there's no availability. So I'm like, oh shoot, like I don't have a job. And I'm in Los Angeles and I'm like essentially homeless. Um, so then I was just like applying to these random 
odd jobs, working at like coffee shops, dishwashing jobs, uh, just anything I could get my hands on to like pay this parking lot rent that I've uh, created for myself. I didn't ask you, what was your art that you were pursuing? So I grew up uh, painting. So I was like a painter since okay. I was six years old, I want to say. I was just very obsessed with painting. And, uh, you know, growing up, I did like sculpture and I uh, did like, like pottery, just anything I could be creative with my hands. Um, and, but then eventually, like I ended up doing uh, drama in high school. And I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like painting is such a lonely art form and I love to do it. But like acting like you like, I, like I'm not going to lie, like I enjoyed the attention and it was active sure. and you're on stage. And so I was like, I kind of want. So not not many people like knew that I really enjoyed that. So I kind of used like painting as a scapegoat. I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm just going to pack my van and be a painter like on Venice Beach or something. Um, so you so really was, had you had no game plan. No, no I just <laughs> kinda, like, really rolled the dice on. Yep on how it was going to go by. I knew though <clears throat> that regardless of whether something would pick up for me or not in the arts, I knew that I just had to leave. Mm. I just had to leave the small town. Um, and that was, I think, I think my main goal was to just get out and see what happened. Worst case scenario, I had the luxury where I could just go back home and, you know, figure it out afterwards, but I just had to go. Yeah. Makes total sense. So now from 1819 to when did TikTok begin? That began actually, I think my first TikTok video actually, uh, uh, actually like my, I guess, anniversary of like my first TikTok video was actually, I think last week. Oh, wow. Say. Yeah. So uh, it began even cooking for me, like when I started taking it seriously, began at the beginning, like first week of quarantine, like March, 2020. How old were you? Uh, I, I, my 21st birthday was April of 2020. So, so just to get... Wait, you were 21? Oh, my, my, my 22nd birthday, sorry. Okay, so birthday, yeah. so from like 18 to 22, it was just these few years of like figuring it just out. Limbo, yeah, just limbo. Okay. Like I was working as like a waiter, going to auditions. Uh, I booked a couple of like commercials and stuff. Had like uh, very lucky situations where I like knew someone that like had a manager that like liked my look or whatever. And yeah. I got like a manager and an agent and uh, it took a lot of acting class and just like working a lot of odd jobs as like a waiter. The typical uh, LA life. That's what you're Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I'm like running like up La Cienega Boulevard with like an apron in my hand, trying to go from like acting class to like go, you know, bus, a t bus tables or like wait on tables. I love it. I always um, say so, good, yeah. for the, good for the plot. Good for the plot. So. No, exactly. <laughs> no. Uh, me and my friends, uh, we always say like, oh, it's good for the story. Like, right. It might be like, you need like a little a, grit in there. You can't, the character exactly. can't just make it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, I love telling people where it's like, Oh yeah, like I used to live in a van, and like, thankfully, like I don't have to anymore. Uh, although I do think of it nostalgically sometimes. I'm like, oh, there's like some moments in there where I'm like, oh, that was kind of nice. Just like on my like tiny little crappy computer, watching like movies. Like, I think it makes you appreciate like where you are now. Like, funny enough, 100%. I was watching this interview. Um, the star of like that show Outer Banks, I think his name is Chase, I believe. But he literally yeah. before he got the gig, he was literally living on the street, like in LA, like under bridges and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, so. it definitely uh, feeds you a lot of perspective. You know, when I'm like, like, oh, gosh, my Wi-Fi is so slow. And I'm like, oh, but at least I have, like, my own apartment to, like, have Wi-Fi in, you know? Right. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes me a lot more appreciative. Cool. So I know a little bit about how it began, but I want to hear from your perspective. Like, when did you start? Like, what made you want to start cooking? Like, mm. were you introduced to cooking when you were a child by your parents or grandparents or? 
Where did that so love begin? My, my father, when um, he immigrated from Mexico, he worked as a line cook. And uh, I remember growing up, uh, he was, you always love talking about it. And I sort of saw that, uh, you know, but he worked a lot. So the few times that I did see him cooking, uh, we said like carne asadas. And so we'd be outside and he'd be grilling and he loved teaching us how to do stuff. At that age, I don't think I necessarily like fell in love with it. Um, but then it's like my mom never really knew how to cook. So eventually I ended up um, having to teach myself how to cook very simple stuff because I would, I guess I was very pretentious at a young age and I would uh, tell my mother like, oh, like, uh, like this isn't good. And then she'd be like, okay, well, you make it. Yeah. And um, which I'm really glad that she ended up doing that because now I've taught myself how to cook. Right. But I mean, when I was like 18, 19, I mean, especially when I was like in the van, I was just eating like canned tuna. So I got kind of used to just like, I don't know, like prego spaghetti sauce and canned tuna and stuff like that. So I didn't really care too much about food. But as I lived in LA, you know, slowly, like you, you get involved with like restaurants, you, you know, you try foie gras for the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, like food's incredible. Yeah. And so then I, I was also working at higher, more uh, high-end restaurants um, towards like 2019, 2020. And at that time, I would also see the cooks working and, you know, they're just like talking about how drunk they were the night before. And, yeah. you know, they're just like doing the job. They're serving hundreds of people in a matter of a few hours and making incredible food. Um, so that really inspired me. And uh, it, sorry, my friend is walking. <laughs> no, it's fine. And, uh, and so then once quarantine hit, all I would do was just watch cooking content and just and constantly watching Bon Appetit, Binging with Babish, all the classics. And then one day I was like, oh, like, I want to try that. I have all the time in the world. I'm unemployed. And so I guess that's kind of how and similar to when I was a kid learning how to paint, I just became obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started, I guess. It's really like, it's really an art for you is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And so, and I mean, based on your videos, I know the way you produce them. It is truly like artwork. So well, thank you. I, um, for me, I'm a bit intimidated by the kitchen. I'm not going to lie. So I guess like when for you, like when did you, did you just like dive into it? Like, where did you start learning how to even like play with food? Oh, um, I think at first I, I'm really glad that I sort of went the approach where I learned like very basic stuff and like basic skills. Cause I was also super intimidated. And I mean, I didn't even like know that there was like good quality butter as opposed to like bad quality butter. Like I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. Like I never really cared to like get nice ingredients and whatnot. But then eventually I think that sort of like obsession with teaching myself the basics and techniques of like cooking. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, in order to be able to explore this and be more creative, I need to learn the basics and like the fundamentals to get to a point where I can just like mess around and like do my own thing. And it's, sure. you know, it still works. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, but I mean, that's what I try to do with my cooking content too. Uh, I want to teach like, oh, like it, it will be intimidating, but like, trust me, like it'll be really fun or you could like make something great out of it or even just get like a bit of therapy. Like to me, I've, that's kind of why I started cooking at first too. It brought me a lot of therapy and peace of mind, just sort of, you know, chopping carrots for a ragu or something I wanted to make. Right. Um, so it brought me a lot of therapy. So I hope that instead of feeling too intimidated or stressed over cooking, people can feel soothed by it. For sure. And those basic skills, you, other creators you learn that from, YouTube content, books, like where did you? Yeah, all on the internet. All yeah. of it. YouTube. Okay. It yeah. All on YouTube, yeah. 
amazing. And I guess so, early TikTok, once it, the kitchen, like cooking stuff really started right. blowing up. And I love for you that it's like, it's like therapy because I know that's how you began. Like you were talking about how you were in a little bit of like a funk or whatever. And this kind of like brought you out of that. Um, and your videos really are like, so like, they're so good. I feel like they're a combination. They're both like seductive and soothing, like the chop, yeah. the chopping and everything. It's so, it's so good. And it's not like the other TikTok videos where I feel like they're very like in your face and aggressive. Like it takes a more like laid back approach, which I personally enjoy more. Oh, I um, appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. No, it's really good. So when, so you also took your, com- your, really your love of art and your love of food and you kind of like meshed it together and it kind of this all exactly, came to life. Yeah. yeah. And why the moody foodie? Just curious. Um, so uh, there's different like elements, I guess, to that name. Number one, uh, I love Bob's burgers. And one of my favorite episodes is, uh, like a food critic comes in and he goes by the name of the moody foodie. Okay. Um, it's like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And number two, like, I don't know, I kind of like the rhyming ish aspect of it. Like it just, I feel like it flows well. And also I am like, just kind of a moody person. <laughs> like I'm a moody guy. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like it had elements of like something that I really like. Uh, just like the, I like the way it sounded, and also I think it was like a reflection of me. And uh, also, I in I also I feel like everyone always says the phrase like, "What are you in the mood for?" When it comes to like, mm. "What should we order for food?" And uh, and also in my videos, I try to pair the footage with songs and whatever the dish is. And I tr- to me, like cooking when you walk into a restaurant, like if a restaurant has set the mood for whatever you're about to consume. I think it's like a really important part of dining. Um, so I guess all those elements kind of. I feel uh, like did, did these meanings come later? Like, I feel like because I feel like when I ask people their, their name of like their brand or whatever, some people are like, oh, I have no idea. It just kind of like worked out that way. But I feel like you there's yeah. like a little bit of thought you put into this, which is. Which is cool. Oh, it was probably like a 48 hour process of me. Like, first of all, it's so difficult to find a name on the Internet that's like. Yeah, like you think you're so clever, like, oh, no one's like thought of this. Yeah. And then you look and you're like, ah, oh, shoot, like young parsnip was taken or whatever. Yeah. Like, like all these names that you right. try to think of are, yeah. are already like taken on the internet. So um, and just once to I jump- found that one, I was like, huh? I was gonna say jump back into like the mental health thing really quick. So mm-hmm. you I guess like obviously this started for you like in 2020, like when you were like in a mm-hmm. not to speak for you, but like in a depressive state. Like what no, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So what I guess like what kind what was your mindset like during that time and how did you like really like get out of it? Like what were some like therapeutic tools mm. for you? Well, and by the way, I'm like really open to talk about all this. Uh, okay. Just in, yeah. Okay. Um, so at that point, I mean, I was already so like I was not like in a good place, I would say, like at the beginning of the pandemic. I felt like I was just like, you know, getting caught up with like big city distractions, you know, like going out, spending money that you don't have trying to be friends with people that you know from the get-go or not mm. helping you out in your life or anything but for some reason there's just i don't know their lifestyle is attractive or whatever the reason may be you just know that it's like a toxic friendship yeah. but i would still you know be friends with those people and going out constantly um just not taking like you know calling out of work when i'm like i'm like i can't pay rent this month and i'm like calling out uh, so then when that pandemic hit and I was like completely fired, can't even see, can't see the friends that I was probably should have g- given more attention to uh, before the pandemic. I just felt very lost. You know, like I, I'd spent uh, however many years in LA pursuing this dream that now seems so like 
stupid uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to be like this actor or this artist. Um, and yet th- then the world goes into, you know, we go into a global shutdown and people are dying. And I just thought like, oh, this is how silly of me to spend all this time, you know, um, trying to be, yeah, uh, famous, rich, mm-hmm. creative. Um, and so I felt like I put like a lot of blame into myself where I just felt like I was being very selfish. Um, and then like money's very low, which is always, you know, that's definitely doesn't help with your mental state. Um, so I think it was a, like a couple of months of, you know, waking up, you have, have like wine stains and the rest of the day, I was probably going to add on to the wine stains on that <laughs> shirt and, uh, just not like working out, not, not having any structure. And so, I mean, I know this might sound like cheesy or a little, uh, dramatic, but I think that finding cooking, re- finding cooking like really sort of mm-hmm. saved me in the sense where it gave me structure. It gave me something to be passionate about. It gave me, and I was also like feeding my roommates. So like now I'm like doing this not only for myself, but I'm also like serving others. And uh, it really also taught me to have like patience. And Mm. so I think that uh, cooking itself just brought a lot of value or made me discover a lot more value than that I already had that I maybe have been ignoring. It also gave me like a pause to not be, doing all this crazy frivolous stuff that I feel like I was spending so many years doing. Um, so yeah, uh, the mindset definitely, I think the cooking really helped me get out of that hole that I had been digging for so many years. Yeah. I mean, I live, I lived in New York city for the past like five years and I like recently like moved back home, but I mean, I could relate to that. And I think that, you know, this fast paced lifestyle and just people Mm -hmm. trying so hard to reach something that's so like inauthentic to who they are, um, you're never going to be happy. And I think for you, mm-hmm. what you found along your journey is like the more, the, when you took that pause and you were more authentic to who you were, like, that's where you find, like you found the foundation for your life. And I think I always tell people like, kind of ask yourself, like, what is the foundation of your life built upon? Is it, if it's built upon having the nicest clothes in your closet or going to like vacations all year round. And when you don't have those things, then you break and you fall apart. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to make sure like you analyze like what are like the core values in your life. So if you do lose those things or you don't have those things anymore, like you still are intact as a person. So, um, exactly. yeah, for sure. But I think, uh, so, okay. So now jumping back to TikTok. So now you're growing, you're now you're becoming a content creator. Like, obviously there's a reason why people are, are attracted to your content. Um, it's calming, it's cool. People are learning things, but when did for you, was it no longer a hobby, but now, okay, wait, I'm going to take this seriously and like make this my job. That was, um, another moment that I've like been very thankful to find myself in or just like chance or like luck. Uh, I mean, number one, it was like crazy. Like the first video that I posted that went viral, I was like, my phone was like malfunctioning. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, this what is crazy. Was it? like I never, I never thought it was, uh, I remember I was so embarrassed to post this one too. Cause it was just like this, like very like bougie French dessert that I made. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a poached pear. Um, and I paired it with uh, like a very, like one of my favorite like compositions, Claire de Lune. And, um, and I remember, I remember I called one of my best friends I've known since I was like five years old. I was like, cause he kept like all my friends were like, dude, what the heck? Like, like, where did like cooking videos like what, like what are you doing like we never knew that you cared about cooking yeah and um <laughs> and so I called him I was like is this weird that I'm like cooking like posting all these cooking videos with like classical music and he's like no man like do it like if you enjoy it like 
And I was like, all right. So I remember I like posted this video and then like went to bed and I woke up with like, I don't know. I think at the time I had like a couple hundred followers and I woke up to like 35,000 followers. Wow. Like my video, it went to like a million in like a few hours. And so that was insane. And at that point I was like, you know, you get like this rush and I was like, I was like, wow, something I love so much. And then it's, what I really am really thankful with the content that I make is, you know, the messages where people are like, I was having a really rough day and mm-hmm. watching your video, like really put, like made my day a lot better. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was like, okay, I like this, it, it, it has purpose. And so then I was, just, you know, kept cooking, kept doing my thing. And I think a month later, I went back home just to visit the family. And one of my friends or two of my friends that are very like, business school they, they're like we need to sit you down and they sat me down like <laughs> okay. like what what are the steps like let's write a goal let's write a business model and I'm like what are you talking about like I just want to make french toast you know? <laughs> and, and they're like they're like no man this is like this is a great opportunity like this is literally what you left good LA, friends like, to go to good LA friends. for exactly yeah. yeah they're the they're the suits they're the brains yeah. and uh they, they definitely needed to sort of kick my ass yeah and they're very obviously very uh, friendly about it. They're yeah. Like, but all right, let's let's sit down. Let's they're like on like Microsoft Excel. I don't even know what that does. They're doing graphs and all this yeah. stuff. You're just like in and, the kitchen, like. Yeah. Just, like, in the kitchen. <laughs> are, you, are you guys hungry? Like, yeah, okay. um, I guess cool with a lot of butter. And they're like, are you, and they're like crunching numbers. I don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. And during that trip, you know, they were like telling me, okay, like you need to reach out to these people and all this stuff. And during that trip, I remember I got like my first brand deal. And I was like, whoa, like what the heck? Like Who was it? Out to me. Um, I, oh my gosh. I, didn't, I think it was like Blackwater. I don't know if you've seen that. It's okay. all over yep. TikTok. Like mm-hmm. BLK, right? And they're like my first offer. And then I remember like the next day, I think like Disney Music reached out. And then like the day after that, like um, there's this company called like Food 52. Yeah. Um, it's similar to like Bon Appetit, right? And they're like a food publication. And they're like offering me money. And I was like, oh my gosh, like. I did like I can I make money from never, this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can make money off like like doing something I love. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, then like the deal started coming in, and I was like, I was just so thankful. I mean, it was like one of those moments where if I could go back to me in high school when I told everyone I wasn't going to go to college, and you know, everyone's like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want to be an artist." And everyone sort of like dismissed that idea. And if I could go back and be like, "Hey, buddy, like you're doing it, man." Yeah, I was just so grateful for that moment. And from there, it's just like, yeah, I I'd never want to sort of um, change my style necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I want to like add to it. Um, but I'm just very thankful that I've been able to sort of do exactly what I love, have creative freedom, and or also like starting a business off of it, which is, I mean, now I'm like full time just uh, content creating and uh, yeah, doing what I love. How so wi- nice to say it aloud. How so wild. Nice aloud. How wild. You're a little over 800K now on TikTok. Hopefully we get to that million soon. Um, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's so that's awesome. Funny. And uh, the fact that you had to like go back and like think about, you couldn't even remember your first brand deal because you've had so many since then. Major, like, congratulations. <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, so now you're growing. And I guess as a content creator, for you, do you ever feel like when you don't feel like creating, like, and it's like literally your job, like, how do you deal with that? Do you allow yourself to take those breaks or no? Um, I do, but I also have to, I mean, going back to what we we're talking about, like with the like perspective of like, like, oh my gosh, I used to live in a van. 
you know, like mm. almost like, like, I, like, I, I do think it's very important. I mean, especially for like your mental health and everything. If you mm-hmm. do need a break, like, t- like I am huge on leisure and relaxation. Mm-hmm. I always tell my friends, my favorite thing to do in life is to sit. I love to sit, take a moment, like unplug. Um, I love doing that. And so when I do have that feeling of like, okay, like I don't really feel like creating then I, but if it's something that's like a campaign that I'm working on that has like a deadline and I'm like, it's not just me, like this affects other people. Right. Right. Um, I have to just remind myself, like, dude, like you're lucky enough that your job is something that you really enjoy. Mm. So like take an hour, chill out, but like get up and like, like just start, like by the time I start moving, like my filming equipment and my lights and stuff like that, I remind my, I, I remember like, Oh, I love doing this. I really enjoyed it. And I know that at the end of filming, even though I'm standing in the kitchen for like, and like however many hours, you're going to have fun and just pop in a good podcast and like, sort of like do my thing. And so it's, I mean, it's always, even with something that you love, it's always difficult to sort of start if you're not really uh, feeling it that day. Uh, But I always have to remind myself, like, you're gonna like it. You're going to appreciate it. You're going to enjoy it. If anything, this was originally your source of therapy. Mm-hmm. Like I'll always find therapy in it. So, but I mean, in some days that I do decide not to do it, I also try not to beat myself up over it. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's uh, yeah. Like some days you don't have to make something and that's completely okay. And there's always tomorrow. And I know that social media has this culture around it that it's like post three times a day, do this, do that. Oh, Concepts be engaging, engaging, yeah. engaging. And then I'm like, like, I never even thought I'd get to this point. I'm like really happy where I am. So like if I don't post today, then you know what? Like I'll post tomorrow or whenever I can. And uh, so I've tried to sort of keep a healthy routine uh, with it all. I think it's advice, honestly, because I I mean, you're definitely blessed and lucky that you have a job that you love, because I think there are a lot of people that are around our age that probably don't necessarily love what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important even during those times when you feel like maybe giving up or you don't feel like I literally can't do this another day or whatever, like to remind yourself to take those pauses and just know that like whatever season you're in now, it's going to contribute to wherever you're going to end up. Like I always think like my dad gave, my dad gave me advice. Like when I was like starting and I started out in like the corporate world and everything. And he's like, you know, I know your dream one day is to like be your own boss. And he's like, but make the mistakes on somebody else's dollar, like learn how to like see how Mm -hmm. they're doing it. So I just try to tell myself wherever I'm at now, even though it may not be like the dream, like you could always learn something from where you're at. And then when you finally get to where you want to be, like you're so much better prepared for it because you like learn lessons along the way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I try to like always remind myself, like there's never going to be like this threshold or this day or this moment where like you're going to feel fully fulfilled if you don't feel fulfillment through like the process of getting there. Right. So it's like, yeah, even on my worst days, it's like, just remind myself like, no, this is, this is like, this is good. This is good. It might not be like exactly what I want, or I might want something a little bit more, but like this will eventually lead me to those places but I have to appreciate what's here now. Otherwise, once I get those things, I'm not even, I'm not going to be happy about it. For sure. And like we as humans, like naturally, like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like we're never going to be fully satisfied. Like naturally, like we're always like yeah. wanting the next thing. Um, so yeah, just like being happy where you are. So good. I love that. Um, all right. So going next into our next topic, we're going to go a little bit into just some like cooking stuff. So what's your favorite, one of your favorite like go-tos like just to make if you, like one that you make a lot. 
Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I love making like pantry pastas. Okay. Uh, it kind of takes me back to when I was a kid and I was like kind of teaching myself how to learn how to cook. I would just like open the fridge and be like, all right, let's, what the hell can I make here? Yeah. And, uh, so like, I always have like pasta in the, in, in the pantry. And, uh, I mean, I do like, that too, but mine is very yeah. different than yours. <laughs> so. Well, if you want to try this one, it's super easy. Like okay. literally you just need like, I just like tossing like cherry tomatoes that I've halved just like toss them in the pan with like some like shallots or onions okay. like a little bit of like butter or olive oil uh just like let them soften up uh add a little bit of like tomato paste if you want uh or even just like as is soy vine garlic uh once they've softened up like toss in some like white wine or whatever wine you have or like chicken stock vegetable stock whatever like let that reduce a little bit toss in your pasta and it parmesan and it's like super good it's, okay and like a pat of butter if you want to make it a little bit creamier and it's super simple super delicious like you can't go wrong with like tomatoes onions garlic and basil if you have it yeah um just like whatever i love to just make stuff like with whatever i have yeah I even like i don't know like tuna salads or chicken salads you know just tossing like a little bit of like mayonnaise or yogurt and like pickles and apples and maybe some onions or something mustard and then just toss it on some toast and it's super good um I just like playing a lot with like flavors that um, I guess people don't normally put together. Like I love fruit and cheese, make a toast out of it. Uh, If you want to get fancy, you can like whip it up and make like a whipped feta or whipped goat cheese, which is like one of my favorite cheeses. And then I'm so so not a cook. So like hearing you, I'm just like, oh my God. Cheese and fruit makes very great toast. So pair up like whatever your favorite things are and like just toss it on a toast. Like, that's since I'm like, I can be on the go a lot, like a, a, like a good, you can make it like seem so bougie and it's like very simple ingredients. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. What yeah. a lot of people don't know too is like, there's a lot of dishes that you can make at home that a lot of restaurants will charge you like 20, $25. Sure. But really like that pasta, like there's so many pasta things that you can make at home that will literally cost you like a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Like when you, if you, if you were like to do the math of like how much like portion wise and stuff, um, I I ate a lot of pasta and like a lot of weird little toasts that I could come up with, with what I have. If you want to impress somebody like friends or a date or whatever, like, Mm. what are you, what are you making? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, for dates in the past, I have done, like, I think grilling or like cooking a steak was one of the first things I was like, I want to like really nail. Mm -hmm. And I think I've like done a really good job. So if I, let's say like a a special date was going to come over. I mean, first of all, I'd ask them what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're like, make whatever you want, I think I would do like make a tartare of some sort mm-hmm. and then just like a really good steak dinner with like a red wine reduction sauce, mm-hmm. some form, like, I think I make a really mean mashed potatoes. Um, I make like these, like, uh, these mashed potatoes with like, and I infuse milk, uh, or cream with like garlic, um, like a bunch of like herbs, like rosemary and stuff ton of butter and they end up like chef's kiss very good yeah uh so like just a classic steak and potatoes you can't go wrong with that usually usually lands you a second date (laughs) i i I would say so although i will say one (laughs) the one of the first dates i ever cooked for Mm -hmm. um i tried to make gnocchi for the first time this is like when like i was like like 
like my TikTok started blowing up a little bit. Yeah. And I got like really confident. I was like, oh yeah, I can cook. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I had a date coming over and I was like, oh, like, what do you want? Like, as if I could like make anything. Mm. And she's like, oh, like, I really love gnocchi. I was like, gnocchi, you got it. I tried making gnocchi, <laughs> like with her there. We're like sipping on wine and she's like watching Sweat me Sweat dripping down your face. I'm literally, yeah, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, the sauce is like splitting or breaking or whatever. Like yeah. the sauce is just like not together. And then like the gnocchi was just falling apart in the you bowl. You right water. over there? <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, yeah, she's like, oh, like, I don't want to rush you. But like, when's dinner? And I'm just like freaking out. Like, you know what? Um, Do you want to order Thai food or something? Like, yeah. I'm not really feeling this gnocchi anymore. Yeah. And yeah, it was a huge mess. Thankfully, she was a real sport about it. But yeah. Um, so definitely not gnocchi. I would not recommend gnocchi. It's yeah. a difficult one. Oh, I yeah. had to eventually revisit gnocchi and did a better job. But still, it is a tough one. Good to hear. Glad you got your redemption. Um, okay, cool. And then also, well, speaking of a little bit about dating, like mm-hmm. I always ask, I always ask my guests if they want to go into their personal life, what has been dating like for you in LA? Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, at first, at first non-existent, I was, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I've gone, like I've used the apps, like I've gone on like a couple of Tinder dates and thankfully I've never like, been on like I would say like a really bad date I went except for, I went on a date once and she was like she went to UCLA I'm not gonna say any names but mm-hmm. she went to UCLA and she was like oh do you want to do like a classic like dinner movie date and at first I was like oof like a movie on a first date like I would yeah. consider myself like kind of a conversationalist and I want to get to know the person mm-hmm. but I was like all right let's let's give it a shot whatever she seems sweet we go to dinner and dinner was fine and then we go to the movie and like the whole time she's trying to talk during the movie and i'm like such a purist in the sense of like like no talking in the movie like other people are here like we all paid money to be here and watch this movie oh you like paid to watch to go see a movie yeah we're like at the movie theater oh i'm thinking you're like at home in the living room oh no i would do a movie a movie night's fine because i feel like movie nights you just like ignore the movie have a glass of wine you talk get to know each other right and no but we're like at the movie theater oh and she's just like talking like this volume and i'm like I mean, I, I, I'm looking at her and she's so cute and like so sweet. And I'm just like trying not to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but like, I, like it got to the point. I mean, she's like asking me about my relationship with my father. And I'm like, the movie's happening. She's like finding my temple <laughs> spots. And I'm trying not oh, to giggle. No. And, and she's like kissing my neck and saying like, I had a really great night. I'm like, please, can we continue this <laughs> later? And I see people like turning around, like looking at us. Oh my god, it was it, it just felt so bad and like embarrassed. And by the end, I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this again. Oh no. Yeah. That's yeah, no, I'm the same way. I mean, there's no excuse in a movie theater, like there's other people around you. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing to like touch and flirt a little bit, like a full-on conversation. Like, no, honey, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, no, no, no questions to be asked during, oh, during god. the movie. Yeah. Like well, an intermission, maybe, but uh yeah well new york sucks as well i always like i a lot of my guests are from new york and we always say just like it's a lot of like the from a girl's perspective it's a lot of like the peter pan syndrome i mean i'm sure out in la as well but it's uh, just people i mean everyone's having fun i get it but it's definitely definitely rough in your 20s for sure so oh no yeah it's um especially when it's like i don't know like in la where you know it's like the whole culture of like everyone just likes to show off their money and so so Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, being like a broke waiter and I'm like taking girls out to dates to the restaurants that I work at just to get like a good employee discount and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a little rough, but, but I think in the good, on the good side of like dating in a big city is once you start meeting like people that like coworkers and you become friends. Um, I think my favorite method of dating is like, Oh, like I have this friend that like, she's so sweet and you're going to love her. Mm-hmm. And like getting set up that way as opposed to like I don't know, swiping left and right and like really rolling the dice to see uh, there's a, some sense of compatibility or chemistry. Yeah. Full transparency. I don't do dating apps. I just like, can't like, I, Oh yeah. I, I've, I can't like, I, like, I just think about like my future kids and like, Oh, how did you meet dad? I'm like, I can't say on the dating app. I just can't. <laughs> exactly. No, I, yeah. I've completely eliminated the dating apps as well. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I just, I, number one, honestly, garbage at like talking like over like messaging like I, I i for the i've sat there for like an hour just sitting thinking of like a clever pickup line icebreaker like i don't even know what to call it no um yeah i, I just can't do it yeah yeah for sure no, you, I have think to meet, you have to meet me in person that's, yeah that's it's got to be you have to meet me in person I agree. I agree. Um, switching gears just a little bit. So going to like health and nutrition, like for you, like what do you, when you cook, do you care about nutrition or is like whatever, whatever I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Um, depends. I feel like there's some dishes where I'm like, if it calls for a lot of butter, you got to do a lot of butter or like it, like this dish, like, I'm not going to try to change. Like there's a lot of people that do it really well. And like, that's great for them. Uh, I'm not going to try to like, like, I'm not going to make like zucchini noodle pasta, stuff like that. You know, um, me personally, like my personal diet, I try to keep it, you know, like as, especially cause I am terrible at like having a workout regimen. So I'm like, I try to keep it as like clean eating as possible. Same. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah like I, I, I try my best. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to give up at the gym. So like then if I'd love to do that, then that means my diet has to be so. Wait, one of your favorite things is going to the gym? No, quitting. Like oh. giving up. Like giving up at the gym. Like you know how many times yes. Sid, I like idled my car at the gym for like 20 minutes and then I'm like, oh, yeah, never mind. I start backing up and I drive away. I just can't do it. So yeah. then that leaves me to like, okay, like I I can't just be eating like burgers every day and stuff. Um, but when it comes to like the recipes that I make now in the summer they're like a little bit lighter um dishes and i mean they're like relatively healthy but i think my main focus is like good quality ingredients being put together it may not be the most like nutritious per se but at least it's like you're not gonna feel bad eating it Mm. if that makes sense so like putting really good quality ingredients minimal ingredients not um to me like it's it's all like like fresh ingredients and nothing is like processed or anything yeah um so i think in that sense i do indulge a little bit more mm-hmm. but yeah i mean I'm, I'm not like a healthy food page yeah like no if i ever said that i feel like I would, it's a lie for sure no i think it's yeah. i really think it's a balance like i think like monday through friday i don't i'm not really doing anything like super crazy eating wise i keep it pretty basic but then like i definitely yeah. go i do i go a little crazier on the weekends and I allow myself to do that. Cause I know like my body's just going to bounce back on Monday. Like it's, it'll be fine. So, um, exactly. Yeah. And also, no, yeah. no go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead, please. I was just going to say like working out also, like for me, one thing I do, do try to do more is like, I'm, I'm not a big gym person, but like, just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're a guy, it's more of a girl thing, but definitely like doing more flows and stuff like Pilates and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think allowing me to like feel it as opposed to like working out like so intensely is like not my thing so I don't know maybe if you oh, found something that's more like mental uh so I don't know but 
Oh, I've, uh, I remember this was a few years ago. Um, I mean, like I used to go to the gym and like, I'm, I'm like a petite guy. I'm not, and I also like, don't care about like getting muscular, mm-hmm. even like the gym culture. I'm like, I don't think I fit in here. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm a yoga kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. I just like the way I live my life, my lifestyle. I'm like, I think I'm a yoga kind of guy. I went to yoga, can not fucking do it. I was, I was, I'm not very flexible and it was like a hot yoga class. So I was like dying. I could hardly even breathe. And uh, it was, I see the appeal. I respect it. I dig it. Not for me. Fair um, enough. So now, I mean, that leaves me basically no options as to how I get my fitness regimen. in. Uh, maybe when I'm like an old man, I'll probably like go to the, like go swim or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we'll leave that for my 60s. <laughs> you know, it works for you. Um, and then just to a few little wrap up questions. So, all right. So first LA, if I'm going, I'm going, which I've been multiple times, but what are some of your mm-hmm. favorite restaurants when you're there? Ooh, uh, so recently I went to Wolfgang Puck's new concept, uh, Marois. Very good. Love that place. Uh, there's another, a friend of mine used to work at this restaurant called Oliveta, which is this very, it's kind of like an Italian, it's like a Medi- Italian, like, uh, Middle Eastern fusion kind of place. Very good. Uh, really, really enjoy that place. Um, oh gosh. I mean, I used to also like, I'm a huge fan of like a dive bar. Mm. I used to go to this, uh, mean, like when I used to be a waiter, me and my waiter friends, we used to go to uh, this place called the dark room on Melrose. I mean, it's just like, they play like punk rock, you play darts, you play pool, you have a couple of drinks that are like five bucks. Um, and to me, like, can't go wrong with that at all. Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to really enjoy going to Chaconis as well. Mm-hmm. They really like their food's like, all right, but their happy hour before, I don't know if they still do this, but like before COVID their happy hour was like unbeatable, like $5 glasses of wine. And then like the ambiance is gorgeous. Like bringing a date there is you're great. And like, it doesn't break the bank either. So yeah, if you can impress a date and also like not get a call from American express being like, dude, what the hell? Like, right you can't charge that like right right, so right. Then, then you win all around um but wow gosh i haven't thought about restaurants so long because i'm like barely now starting to like get back to going out to dinner and stuff well it's, the bell sure. is a great middle eastern place okay okay no yeah um no that's awesome but and then also just by the way you remind me so much of like a williamsburg guy from new york that's just like the vibe that you give me so well, <laughs> when i went when i went to new york i was but i, I went to new york uh, what like last month i think okay and uh i was there for like too long i was originally gonna be there for a weekend i ended up being there for like two and a half weeks uh fell in love if it wasn't i literally signed a lease to my this apartment that i have right here um the week before i went to new york and i was telling all my friends if i didn't sign this lease i would literally be apartment hunting right now and williamsburg was definitely like on the top like if the west village wasn't so expensive probably mm-hmm. the west village i really enjoy the west village mm-hmm. um even the east village is great too um but like williamsburg i was like i could see myself here so like walking see, around with a beer i see you there um and new york is better in my opinion but i'm a little biased so i think i might end up there <laughs> soon i think you should you should um and what are your plans like moving forward do you have like what are goals you have like maybe where you want to be in like the next few years or i don't know just things you think about um so I signed on to my manager in like April and she is like completely, I love her to death. Her name is Allie. She's incredible. I trust her with my life. 
and she like I felt like I was doing really well and then like I got her and she's like completely like elevate like she now solidifies the idea like this like is a career now and I'm building it um so now my goal personally and she's been helping me out a lot with this is getting out of like social media and going out to more traditional forms of media rights so, like tv um opening up or uh, writing up a cookbook mm-hmm. um so yeah so hopefully can't really talk about certain things but, like yeah some tv work hopefully in the uh, is in the works um so to get my dumb face on television hopefully and uh make some like appearances or eventually down the line i want to like have my own show um whether i feel like it's ideally like in my head i imagine it not quite like anthony bourdain which rest in peace one of my biggest uh, inspirations um i'm not as badass as he is at all but like something has to do with like, traveling or food or a mix of both um some sort of cooking show that is i can really be myself in uh is definitely the goal and uh, also uh, writing about uh cooking more because i really enjoy writing and one of my goals in life is to have to be published uh at least once in my life yeah whether it bombs or not just to be able to say that I'm a published author would be pretty cool um so yeah just but then at the same time like i haven't really planned much of my life so i kind of want to keep that going see where it goes um but yeah hopefully tv shows and and cookbooks and stuff Well, I'm sure when Anthony was your age, he didn't think he was the most badass either. And hopefully someday some kid is saying, I want to be like Fabrizio. So you never know. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. You are the most dope, like the coolest ever. Like, I love your story. I love your energy. Um, So let me know we're in New York. Maybe I'll let you know when I'm in LA. Um, But yeah, this was so good. Yeah, thanks guys. It was such a pleasure. All right, guys, and that's it. Thanks so much for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed that episode and hopefully have some new recipe inspiration. With that, be sure to subscribe so you're the first to hear about new episodes, rate and review. It really does mean the world and helps my growing podcast. So thank you in advance. And don't forget to follow along for more. You can follow me at Small Talk with Sid or for my podcast related content. That's STWS Media. And until then, we're done with summer, guys. Isn't that wild? Like September is literally right around the corner. I just can't believe how fast this year is flying by. So enjoy your last few days of summer. Make the most of it. I love you and we will talk next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye.